BAM Radio Network. I think that some of this change leadership ideas, obviously some other reasons change is hard is because um, sometimes change can be really confusing or people feel conflicted, but we can develop routines in schools that allow us to have conversations with one another. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and impact the success of every child. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Raboro. Welcome to Educational Leadership's monthly podcast, a special installment of ASCD's Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. I'm joined today by Jill Harrison-Berg, and she has a very interesting piece in our September issue on how teachers' instructional mindsets evolved during the past year of distance learning and how that might influence teaching and learning going forward. So in your article on the September issue of EL, uh, you're talking about how the pandemic teaching conditions change teachers' mindsets on instruction and really about their work in general in very transformative ways that will endure past the pandemic into this year. Uh, I'm curious what got you thinking about this. Well, one of the themes that has always interested me as someone who's involved in adult learning um, is, you know, what what supports adults to make transformational changes in their lives, in their teaching mm-hmm. practice, and, and really just in their lives in general. One of the ideas is that we know there's a relationship between people's mindsets and people's practices. Um, and so the pair of questions that I share in the article, I found to be just a useful tool for um, helping to folks to reflect on that process. Um, So the first question is, how have changes in your practice shifted your mindset? And the other is really just the contrary of that question, how have changes in your mindset shifted your practice? We find that, you know, our mindsets, which of course are just those mental models that have, or the attitudes we have about those mental models that have been shaped by living in the world that we live in, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? (laughs) They create our mindsets and influence what we do. Of course, when we try to change what we do, it's really hard to do that because our mindsets have have, have told us to do those things <laughs> and helped us to develop those habits. But when we do want to change, when something like the pandemic comes along, forces us to change our practices, then is an opportunity there to disrupt that cycle that's usually mutually reinforcing um, the practices, enforcing the mindsets, the mindsets shaping the practices. We've interrupted that cycle and. And just, I just see that as a great opportunity out of this learning something or knowing something or being greater. So can you give us an example or two of the mindset shifts you're referring to? You know, and this is all in one school. I talked to three different teachers who each had uh, a um, an, ex- an example that had in a different context. Um, one of the teachers I uh, worked with had noticed that when he starts the school year, um, he usually has sort of a startup checklist. He has a number of sort of classroom community activities that he does. Because this start of last school year was just such a different <laughs> um, a beast, uh, he, he really ended up changing his practices and um, not thinking of it that way. Um, Over time, he started to realize that classroom community isn't a set of activities and it's not something that I create. It's about the relationships we have with one another. Not only is that not only require only a list of activities from the beginning of the year, but uh, he said, I, as a teacher, don't need to be in charge of that. <laughs> Students um, could have a voice in how we are with one another. Um, so really, you know, the change in practice, 
changed how he thought about classroom community, and that led to new practice change. So yeah, I was struck by your discussion of the increased emphasis on teacher collaboration as a result of, of the pandemic conditions. I've actually heard this from others as well, that, that there's this new recognition of the value of teaching, being, teachers being able to connect in really authentic ways in teams. So how can schools continue to support that even as we return, at least for now, to in-person classes? Yeah, um, I think that in order to continue to support that, I think that we you know, need to develop, um, just get used to some new norms. I actually think naming it explicitly, for example, by asking ourselves these two questions, um, helps us to realize and make explicit the shift. We can consciously embrace this notion that we have new ways of communicating and that these are our new norms that we're going to um, embrace to help one another. I also think it's worth noting and perhaps might be a good way to help people to embrace this new way of being um, that other professions do this. <laughs> Teaching is one of the only professions where we all feel like we have to reinvent the wheel and, and pull things out of our own heads for our students. But other professions have ways of communicating regularly and collaborating such that they share a knowledge base and such that their students are benefits of the expertise from throughout the school or throughout the profession, not just um, what they know as an individual. Um, so I think that if we can help folks to understand that this pandemic in some ways has helped to professionalize our communication norms in education, um, then it can help folks to uh, agree to, to really continue lean into these changes, some of these changes that have been beneficial in that way. So can you give us an idea in the schools you're working with now, what are the biggest challenges that are facing teachers in an instructional sense as the school year starts? Where are these schools really putting their intention and resources? Um, you know, I think that the um, instructional challenge, um, a big challenge that schools face it has to do with the uh, lack of connection to the larger knowledge base about education. This pandemic helped us to recognize the deep inequities in the American education system, helped us to recognize that um, black and brown students are less likely to experience high quality instruction um, that's culturally and uh, responsive and sustaining. And we want to engage in, you know, evidence-informed research-based practices, um, recognizing, while well recognizing that a lot of research um, has been conducted in, in limited ways, in ways that haven't included all voices. The problem is that educators largely don't have access to the knowledge base. <laughs> I would say that um, not only are is a lot of education research behind expensive subscriptions, as well, it's not uh, written in a way that's accessible and easily logistically accessible and as well as intellectually accessible to educators and schools and districts haven't budgeted for educators to have access to that knowledge base. Um, so I think that is really one of the great challenges is that as we are all trying to be better for our students and give them what they need, too many teachers and schools are left to try to conjure up what, what that might be on their own as opposed to tapping into a lot that is known. Of course, I will make a plug here for ASCD. I think that participating as a member of ASCD is a really excellent way of making sure that you have your thumb on the pulse of research-informed practices and evidence-informed practitioners who can, um, with whom you can network and level up the kinds of tough decisions that we've got to make in schools right now about how to close these um, practice gaps that we have. 
What do you see as the role of teacher leaders as schools continue to navigate the pandemic and all the related challenges and changes? And what can school leaders do to support them in mm. education? We always want to remember um, the human side of this. <laughs> lead, you know, lead with both our heads and our hearts by um, paying attention to uh, practicing what we preach. We have all kinds of social emotional learning knowledge that we're using right now in schools to make sure that we're taking care of our students. Um, so advice I would have is to make sure that we're taking care of our adults as well. When I think of the human side as well, I think of that great Bob Evans book, A Human Side of School Change. We've got a lot of change happening um, mm -hmm. and there's a lot that's known about change. Change is hard because we have feelings of loss. And can we create as leaders, can we create ways in which we, you know, really mourn together and acknowledge the things we, we have lost and we need to let go of so that we can move on in a healthy way? Can we, you know, another reason change is hard is because we're feeling unsure in terms of our competence, of our ability to do well, to do what we need to do well. So as a school leader, it's important to lead with support. Um, too often we're feeling the accountability pressure and we forget that that always must be matched with support and, you know, professional learning. So I think that some of this change leadership ideas, obviously some other reasons change is hard is because um, sometimes change can be really confusing or people feel conflicted, but we can develop routines in schools that allow us to have conversations with one another um, that can kind of quell people's feelings of confusion and help us to collaborate in articulating a way forward. Thank you for joining us, Jill, and thank you for sharing your ideas and insights. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us. To read Jill Harrisonberg's article and other in our September issue, please visit www.ascd.org. You've been listening to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.